0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the All American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, John McEwen. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, and the focus of today's show is on the NBA. And we're going to start by jumping straight into some of the action from last night. The Wizards were able to defeat the Houston Rockets in our nation's capital last night. It was the first chance for Russell Westbrook and John Wall to go head-to-head. The two were traded just in December. Both were unhappy at their respective clubs. Houston would receive Wall in the trade, and the Wizards received Russell Westbrook along with a first-round pick. We might see Russell on the move again. There were rumours just last night that placing him in Toronto, Westbrook could be traded up north for Kyle Lowry. So it's worth keeping an eye on that as the NBA deadline approaches. But to last night's affair, Wizards scored 131 points. Bradley Beal was a standout with 37. A lot of love shown between him and his former teammate John Wall. But Beal and his Wizards ended up having the night. The New York Knicks were able to take care of the Atlanta Hawks. Utah Jazz were able to get one over Joel Embiid and the 76ers. Utah now go 23-5 and on the season, enjoying a very good year. Lots of basketball tonight. Notably, the Portland Trailblazers are visiting the Oklahoma City Thunder. Raptors and the Bucks will go at it, which should be a good one. And the Lakers will be in Minnesota when they take on the Timberwolves. I am in Los Angeles. It's where I live. It's where I spent most of my childhood as well, if you listen to the first couple of episodes you'll know that growing up in LA I didn't become a Dodger fan until I was 16 but my introduction to basketball actually happened much earlier and that was due to the incredible success of the Los Angeles Lakers having a living legend like Kobe Bryant in your city it makes you aware of the sport even if you're not necessarily interested in the sport it was, it was, it was unavoidable to know about Kobe Bryant and the dominance of the LA Lakers and it's fair to say that the Lakers kind of cast a bit of a shadow over their hometown rivals the Clippers And LA is spoiled for NBA teams, having two teams play, both on the same home court, both sharing Staples Center, of course, in downtown Los Angeles. And the two share a rivalry but that's that's different than other hometown rivals. In baseball, you have the Yankees and the Mets and the Dodgers and the Angels, but they're separated by leagues, national and American, meaning they wouldn't really face off against each other that much and they wouldn't end up seeing each other in the playoffs until the World Series. They do meet up during the season, and the Subway Series and Freeway Series, respectively, are always enjoyed by fans. But they really wouldn't ever see each other in the postseason until they get to that big game, until it would be a World Series. And the same used to be in Texas. The Rangers and the Astros were divided by leagues only until 2013, when the Astros ended up joining the American League West and now facing the Rangers regularly. Arlington and Houston are four hours away by car, so different cities in a way and it's a different field it's not like sharing the same address Clippers and Lakers share the same address the same conference the same division a unique rivalry certainly between the Clippers and the Lakers and my next guest finds himself sometimes at the crux of that my good friend Austin Rydell is an Angelino as well and we sat down and had a chat about the NBA this most recent championship but what I really wanted to get into and what we jump into first is his true Los Angeles basketball allegiance take a listen my friend austin Rydell. austin Rydell, thank you so much for doing the podcast i really appreciate it
1: oh thank you for having me johnny it's a pleasure
0: uh, you're a laker fan you've got to see you know growing up in la you're a laker fan you're a clipper fan what's the deal there
1: i am i am i know it's It's a weird one for people that live in Los Angeles. It's like there's a rivalry between the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, You know, when I was young, of course, I was a diehard Laker fan. I still am a diehard Laker fan. Um, Lakers will always be number one, I think, for me. But also in 2000, 2001, even, you know, until like 2005, it was so expensive to go to these Laker games. And I wanted to go to as many basketball games as I possibly could. Like going to the Staples Center was so, so much fun. So, you know, I went to a good amount of Lakers games. I can't complain, but the Clippers were, were terrible back then. And so you could go to a Clippers game for nothing. So I ended up just going to a lot of Clippers games because I thought it was fun and rooting for them. I was young enough that there was like no concept of the rivalry at all. And yeah, so I'm still a huge Clippers fan. I know people hate on me all the time. I feel kind of weird wearing my Clippers merch. I have Clippers jerseys, T-shirts. And I I do kind of feel in this way that I'm like betraying my Lakers community. Because if I walk down the street in Clippers gear, it's almost like a big flag that says like, I hate the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. And so it feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. in like this way where I don't feel uncomfortable wearing lakers gear and pissing off my my clippers community so there's kind of like a that to me is a little bit strange i don't know why i'm i'm a total clippers fan i mean they've gone through a lot of different generations and uh you know the chris paul blake griffin jamal crawford that era to me was so fun um the lob city team and i love this team now too but they were my favorite
0: were you more surrounded by Clippers fans or Lakers fans in your life? What were your influences? Like, what about your, what about your dad?
1: Um, I know for like, my dad loves the Lakers, but he tends to always root for the Clippers. I don't know what his deal is. Like he rooted for the Lakers through my whole childhood, but like last year he really, really wanted to see the Clippers win. And I totally get it. I wanted to see the Clippers win too. They, they had it. They dropped that three, one lead. And uh, it was a bummer to watch, but but uh, he would almost root against the Lakers, just mm. so that the Clippers had a chance. And, so in a and, in
0: a game, this is the other question I have for you: in a game, Lakers versus Clippers, you're rooting for the Lakers. I have he to. Would be rooting I have for the Clippers.
1: To, oh, he would one hundred percent be rooting for the Clippers. So
0: then he's a Clippers it, fan, and you're a Lakers fan.
1: <laughs> I I know, and that it almost like pisses me off in a way. Because it's like, how can you not root for the Lakers after all these years of rooting right. for the Lakers? Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's like it's, you know, it's really hard just... to
0: grow up, live here during the two thousand era with Shaq and Kobe at the Lakers, and not want and and if you like basketball, like you couldn't not be a fan of that. And I think even Clippers fans were in awe of what was going on.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, that's my favorite basketball team, probably of all time. Um those 2000 2001 lakers i'd say Mm -hmm. i mean they had such a great team and oh man the series that they played and and my rivalry and i think the whole team's rivalry at the time were the sacramento kings and uh those series against them and obviously the celtics those those series were you know i think my best memories of watching basketball on tv i was also young enough that it has like an extra spark or something when you're Mm. watching sports Mm. as a kid as anything does when you're a kid
0: i was saying this earlier about how it's different with baseball leagues in the way of like a team can be in the same city but necessarily in different leagues would you take like would you would you like it if the clippers and the lakers weren't in the same kind of division as each other like, if the only chance that they really could, like, they could have a beating, you know, they could have a scheduled game, but they, they wouldn't face them as regularly and, like, the only way they could see them in the playoffs would be the finals.
1: You know, I guess I wouldn't be that upset about it, but I kind of like that they're in the same conference. I like watching Lakers Clippers games. They tend to, I feel like they tend to fall on, like, Christmas or, or like, the first game of the season and For me, that's like a good way to spend either a holiday or like a season opener is the Lakers and Clippers playing each other. I think it's like a nice ease into the season or Mm -hmm. I don't have to get like so competitive on like a holiday where you have family around and other stuff is happening. It's kind of like a nice side piece to the evening. It's the Lakers-Clippers game. I love the the matchup thing. I think that's right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously most Clippers and Lakers fans get really, really competitive on that day, and it's probably made to, you know, get people to actually watch because they probably wouldn't be watching, say, on Christmas or something like that. That would be my theory behind it. But for me, it's nice that it doesn't need to be, like, so, so important on those days, and um, I can kind of just enjoy it instead of, like, getting really competitive.
0: fell in love with basketball can you tell me
1: when the first fell in love with basketball yeah absolutely um I mean my first memories of falling in love with basketball are actually on the kindergarten play yard so there was like a separate kind of play yard for the kindergarten students instead of the whole elementary school and there was a basketball hoop and there was you know a play gym everyone went to the play gym except for like three people that always went to the basketball hoop. And I was one of those kids. So I was there every single day. I also had a a basketball hoop in my backyard. And so I would do like a classic buzzer beater, three, two, one by myself, five years old, six years old constantly. And um, yeah, those are like my, my very first memories playing with with this kid, Robert. (laughs) I don't know his last name, but it was always me and Robert, like one V one on the kindergarten playground.
0: Was it one of those lowered nets as well? So was it lower on the kid, on the playground?
1: Yeah, you know, it must have been six feet or something, and we couldn't move it. It wasn't adjustable. Mm-hmm. And, and there was, you know, the kids would run around on the play gym and whatnot, and that was just, like, not interesting to me. I just mm-hmm. wanted to, like, as soon as we got out for recess, I was straight to the basketball hoop. And, uh, yeah, you know, no other responsibilities in my life and just – It was good times. All I, all I cared about is going and shooting some hoops with Robert. (laughs) The funny thing is I have this nostalgia about this mini hoop and then, you know, you get to first grade and then you don't get to, you don't get to see this mini hoop anymore. Cause then I'm on like the, the big kid playground, but that one's fully 10 feet. And it was like a a total game changer. Of course I got into like some park rec leagues every year. I I don't know when exactly that started. I want to say like probably 98 or 90 98 or 97. So yeah, I was five or six years old then. And then, if, and then, you know, not long after that, the Lakers were, were coming up, uh, on that 99 2000 year. And then that led to their three peat. So I, I, uh, I have a lot of really fond and vivid memories of that time watching the Lakers. And that really, um, got me excited, you know, for, I, I feel like for the, my future in basketball, Um, just seeing those wins and the success of of my city's team. And then it's like, of course, you go through your teenage years of like basketball. I mean, uh, skateboarding or whatever else you're doing, hanging out with your friends and college happened. And then when my friends and I all kind of came back from college, we started playing a lot of basketball again. And it was really nice. We had like a group chat and uh every single day, somebody would be saying in the group chat, like, let's get together and play basketball. And it grew to say like, I want to say like 70 or 75 people in the group chat. It was amazing. I mean, I played basketball three times a week, five on five, really, really competitively, you know, you're bound to get hurt when you do that. So I ended up like really hurting my ankle a few times, breaking my wrist and having to get surgery because you're playing on concrete at the park, and it's uh if you're doing that three times a week, and you're not a professional athlete, it's brutal. It's, uh, yeah, you're bound to get hurt. It's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. So, you know, I wish I was playing more basketball these days. My knee kind of gives me some problems as well. I'm 28. It's like I'm, I'm an old man already.
0: It's happening. Yeah, and <laughs> no, that just starts happening out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. Covering so much sport lately, there's been. I've had this moment of being like. Oh my God, this player has been around forever. Oh, he's six months older than me. <laughs> like, there's a moment where you kind of got to look at, you go 29 Austin. If you were a professional basketball player, hopefully you've had a decent career by now. Cause you're looking at one year extension contracts, you know, it's tough out there.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I know. I mean, it's <laughs> wild. I mean, I, you, you look at like Anthony Davis, like man looks like he's gotta be close to 40. I know. Like, He's like 26, I think. Um, Yeah, I I just don't have those types of genes, I guess. I was just like, I was not looking that manly. I still am not looking that manly. (laughs) I mean, across the board though, yeah, in any sport, it's weird growing up and looking at these professional athletes and thinking you know, you have this picture of who they are in your mind and how old they are and like your evolution as a human being and eventually getting there. And then you pass that point and you're like, oh, I never really, never really got there.
0: Didn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like that thing at school where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, when I get to sixth grade, I'm going to look like a safe grader. And then you get there and you're like, everyone looks the same, but what?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That realization when you're like a, a, sports fanatic as a kid and you think you're an athlete and that yeah. realization of like i'm not a professional athlete can kind of be harsh especially when you have supportive family members and friends and they're like yeah you know you work hard get to the nba
0: yeah
1: that was never happening for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: How did this year feel in compared to all of that success? I think that like people put championships on a on a pedestal almost. They kind of like look to it and long for it so much. I think that like when you grow up and have a team that's just so wildly successful, then the Lakers did have a, a kind of tough spell for a while, and to now come back yeah. and to now be successful, like how has that evolution felt as a as a Laker fan?
1: I mean, it's so relieving, honestly, to see them back on top. Um, growing up and being young, it's like, you take it for granted, like, oh, my team where I live is the best and they're winning all the time. And then all of a sudden it's like big reality check. Now they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Mm. And it's going to be like that for, you know, close to 10 years. It was harsh, but, um, but it was good timing also that they, that they won last year. I mean, um, as you know, Johnny, I had a, a, a son that was born in September And like he was, I want to say two weeks old or so when the Lakers won the championship and to like, I mean, he's only two weeks old, but still to have him in front of the TV, Hmm. seeing the Lakers win kind of through his eyes was so special. And it and the fact that we could possibly have some years in his childhood where there's a lot of Lakers success gets me really, really excited. And I feel like that'll kind of spark his joy for basketball. And I don't want to push him into any direction. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great sports, but I feel like if the Lakers are successful, it's hard to not get into basketball. If you're living in Los Angeles. Mm
0: -hmm. Can you talk about some of your favorite, I think you mentioned that 2000, 2001 club, but can you talk about some of your favorite Lakers teams, some of your favorite players, and then any memories you have of going to Laker games?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So, Something cool is I actually went to the first Lakers game ever at the Staples Center. That was a, a pretty epic one. Um, unfortunately, Kobe didn't play. I remember that. I don't know what happened, if he was injured or whatnot, but I do remember Shaq having a really epic game. Um, he play, He must have scored probably like 40 points or so. And they were playing the Grizzlies, which I think at the time – were in Vancouver, I want to say. And then they came to Memphis a few years after that. Um, so, so that's a really, really memorable game for me. Um, there was a Clippers game that I went to. And I remember Lamar Odom hitting a, a buzzer beater shot and like freaking out. And I was kind of close to the floor. So I was, that was like really exciting. I don't remember who they were playing. I went to a, The only time I ever sat on the floor, I went to a Clippers game actually with my father and grandfather and uncle. And it was like all of the Rydells all together on the the floor at the Staples Center. That was a really, really memorable moment for me. You know, my most recent Lakers game that I went to actually is pretty memorable because it was actually in March of 2020. So it was like right at the cusp of when everything shut down because of COVID. And I remember walking into the Staples Center and we were, everyone was unaware enough that they weren't freaking out, but I was there thinking like, this is not totally safe. Like, is it okay that we're in the Staples Center sitting next to all of these people I went with some of my business partners and we had an awesome time. Nobody got sick, but it was a little sketchy. And uh, yeah, I'll remember that game for sure.
0: For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think the best player that you've ever seen on a court? Like you've seen him with your own eyes ability on a, on a basketball court. Like what have you, who's most impressed you?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's gotta be either LeBron or Kobe for sure. Um, it's really hard for me to say I have a real love for Kobe. Um, but if I'm going to be just brutally honest, trying to put, like, my emotions aside, I I think I have to say LeBron James. Um, I mean, Kobe had his 81-point game. Um, Yeah, but ultimately, I know LeBron's, like, field goal percentage is is a little higher than Kobe's. And, um, I mean, Kobe's got five ranks. LeBron has four. And LeBron has more season MVPs. I know Kobe, I think, has two finals MVPs and LeBron has one. But anyways, I think that LeBron, if he really wanted to, could win the scoring title every single year. Mm. He's just more of an inclusive player and he wants to win as a team. I think a lot more than Kobe wanted to win as a team. I think he was definitely more focused on scoring personally than LeBron is. LeBron's also such an incredible leader and role model as was Kobe, but I don't know if you can put them on the same level in that respect. So, you know, I think Kobe is is more fun to watch. He was just so agile and did things that seemed impossible. And LeBron James does things that seem impossible as well, but he's just physically so talented and, and such a monster that uh, I think it's, it's hard not to say that he's the best player I've ever seen. I never got to see Michael Jordan in person, but I do have some vague memories of watching him on the bulls. Mm. When I was really young and being that also sparked my interest in basketball. I remember watching the bulls play at like four or five years old and being, and, and, and I mean, not so much me, but the adults around me, like being in awe of him and me being like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing?
0: Do you think Kobe and and LeBron are still in his shadow?
1: No, I don't. I mean, Michael is, is, you know, easily a third place, if not a first or second, but I, I do think that LeBron and Kobe are better players. If they were all playing in today's league, you know, it was a lot different back then. It was a lot rougher. Um, And I think that I think LeBron is probably the best basketball player of all time. (laughs) I'm going to say. you i mean how many basketball games have you been to and like what what's the what's your favorite player that you've ever seen play on the court
0: you know i've I've thought about that and i was really lucky to go to one of the playoff games when it was shaq and, and kobe and i can't remember exactly what year it was um but i remember being young and being there and that was the first possible game i ever went to and then When I moved to New York, I had an opportunity to go to see the Knicks and sit courtside at the Knicks, which was really cool. I'd never been that close to a basketball game before. And Carmelo Anthony was on the team and he scored 60 odd points that night, setting the Madison Square Garden record.
1: Oh, that's um, epic. You were on the
0: floor for that? I was on the floor watching, and it was just absurd. Oh, like, everything he touched just went in. It was crazy. It, like, the, the sheer ability was crazy. And I went to Syracuse, so, like, he's a Syracuse guy. So, I was, I was hyped on that to begin with. I was like, oh, I'm excited to see Carmelo and, like, a struggling Knicks team. And so, when I saw him throw down 60, I was like, wow. And so, I kind of fell in love with the Knicks for a little while, which is a... a a form of torture. It's a form of slow torture. Uh, supporting a yeah. Knicks fan.
1: I mean, growing up an L.A. Lakers fan, the Knicks are not my favorite team. <laughs> Fair enough. Except for Jeremy Lin. When Lin Sanity happened, I kind of like loved the Knicks for a moment. That was a great moment.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love whenever like greatest of all time conversations come up, and Jeremy Lin's gun <laughs> gets thrown around. <laughs> There was a week where he was the greatest thing that's ever happened in like sport. That was one of the like defining sports stories of the
1: era. I mean, that goes down in history for sure. I mean, if he could have kept that up, you know, he would totally be uh, a contender for best
0: basketball player of all time. (laughs) Oh, for sure. What he did, Jeremy Lin. Yeah. (laughs) And then I remember when the Nets moved from Jersey to Brooklyn and I was living in New York at the time as well. And I was like, I think the Brooklyn Nets are pretty cool. Um, yeah, same.
1: I, I actually was li- living in Brooklyn also at that point. And um, I thought like, oh, I could be a fan of this team now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, but when I moved back to L.A., the Lakers were in this restart zone. And so I feel like I've watched them because I've been back here since that started. And when Alonzo uh, Ball first came and the, the kind of rebuild of the Lakers. And, and it's turned into into this, which is now LeBron kind of ha- claiming his revenge and coming out to L.A. And, and the last couple of years have been really interesting and in seeing that and that it didn't work instantly with LeBron, that he needed that that piece with, with Anthony Davis. I remember I was there the day with you that that news got announced. Yeah, remember You looked at your phone, and you were like, whoa, Anthony Davis, you're like, I think I need to sit down, like, I need to <laughs> compute this, this is such a huge, it really changed the face of the league in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was always such a big Anthony Davis fan when he was on the Pelicans and, um, you know, just best defensive player and he really upped his game offensively and, you know LeBron and and Anthony Davis are definitely the best duo, and I'd say they're honestly the best two players in the league. And the fact that they're you know teammates is completely insane, and they have such great chemistry. I mean, the team now is so epic. I want to say that this year's team is my second favorite team to the two thousand two thousand one. Wow, team. Yeah, it's just exciting. I mean, it was weird when when Montrezl Harrell came. From the Clippers, and like, I had such mixed feelings because I obviously love the Clippers still, and and it, it was it was just a it was a weird thing when that happened. But seeing him on the Lakers, I feel like it's it's right, and um, he's been such a great addition as well.
0: the things that I've loved in watching basketball is some of the kind of big powerhouse players that have gotten together. And I think the power three thing kind of came about with Ray Allen, Garnett and Paul Pierce When LeBron was yeah. with Bosch and Wade. And now there's a there's a new trio on the block, this Brooklyn Nets trio. How do you think that's all going to pan out? And do you think that there's a there's a formula in a way f- to develop one of these teams where it's where it's mainly player led? They decide kind of where they want to go, who they want to play with. And is, it, is there a formula for it to be two, three
1: guys? Um, I mean, you just have to have the right chemistry. I mean, there's definitely a formula for the power three. Um, you know, the history around the power three, usually when there's a trade, is that one player has to make a big sacrifice, um, which when it first happened, I thought uh, James Harden is like way too much of a ball hog and a selfish guy to make this work. But he's actually dropped like... Uh, how many shots he takes per game and um, it's been working for them pretty well. I mean, offensively, they're easily one of the best teams in the league. They just have to figure out their defense. That's the thing. I mean, if they can figure out their defense, then they're going to, I mean, they're going to be a force to reckon with no matter what, but um, I think that's what it's really going to come down to I feel like their chemistry has been really, really solid and their fourth quarter game has kind of been unstoppable so there's a lot there um and yeah i mean he's you know harden's becoming like a little bit more of a playmaker which is kind of nice to see because he has so much talent in that world so he's been really just playing as like a scorer i think for a couple years and it's fun to see him taking more of the playmaker role
0: can you make any predictions about the this this season what you think is going to be coming up what do you think is happening (laughs) Because I think that I think the East is way too competitive to just say I am going to get three of the best offensive players and they, you know, not really play much defense and just hope to go out there and score, just guarantee ourselves a score. Like I just don't think that that's going to be enough against certain, you know some of these teams out in the East.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be. It's hard to say that it's not going to be similar to last year. Um, it's going to be you know like Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Nuggets. Celtics. Nets could easily be in there now. Um, maybe 76ers, Pacers.
0: Do you, the Heat, the come
1: heat. back? I, I, yeah, the Heat. I mean, you know, couldn't can they make that run again? I feel like they, they kind of caught fire there in the playoffs at the end and um, I don't really see them doing it again this year. I'm not going to put them completely off the table, but that wouldn't be my first guess. Um, as a prediction, I want to say Eastern will probably be Bucks Seventy Sixers in the conference finals. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's a bold take. I kind of like that. So you're betting I, against I, Durant and Tarden and Irving. I don't think it's like that bold of a, a bold of a thing at the minute, considering the way they're Yeah,
1: playing. as I said, I mean they got to work on their defense, and that's not going to take them to the conference finals I don't think Um, I mean they could figure it out I'm not gonna totally count them out but I think that they need maybe a year or two to get their chemistry right it's very fresh there's something there that's for sure and I'm never gonna say the Celtics I hate the Celtics (laughs) so I mean the Celtics could do it but I really wouldn't like that
0: I think that's it man
1: dude thank you so much for having me on here this was really really fun
0: yeah I really appreciate it I'd love to kind of reach out to you when there's a big story going on or something in the nba it's great talking to you about this i really appreciate you coming on
1: yeah man thank you for having me and um you've been doing an awesome job on this podcast so far so i'm hyped hyped Uh you're doing it i'm hyped to listen and uh we need more just casual sports podcasts you know everything needs to be so serious and it's nice to just be friendly about it
0: yeah i i think so too i really appreciate you saying that thank you austin yeah of course i want to thank austin for joining the show really appreciate him coming on and chatting all things basketball with me you be sure to keep up with nba news as it comes in here on the all american brick podcast on the believe podcasting network be sure to follow me at Pod on instagram and twitter and be sure to stay tuned for next tuesday a new episode coming at you as always i'm your host johnny mccullin and until next time